Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Former Nation's Capital, it is Wednesday, May 10, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 840 of the Biden-Harris administration, 545 days until the 24th presidential election. You find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, TikTok, also Bob Seska, and the Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. As soon as I heard that Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News, I thought about my guest today. The great Jen Senko returns to the show. Last time we spoke with Jen, it was 2019. You can still find that episode in the archives at bobseska.com. And in case you're new to the show, Jen is the director of the groundbreaking documentary, The Brainwashing of My Dad, about the terrible influence of right-wing media, Fox News Channel, Rush Limbaugh, etc., And now she's authored a book of the same name. It's an updated must-read volume detailing the backstory of how the conservative entertainment complex got started and how it's managed to radicalize so many Americans. Links to buy the book in the description. Plus, you can follow Jen on Twitter at BrainwashingDad. Meantime, think about supporting this show by subscribing to our Patreon page at BobSeskaShow.com. Okay, here's my talk with the heroic Jen Senko. Well, it's always fun to be taking care of a of a sick family member or something like that while also trying to keep track of all of these news cycles. Like for the last (laughs) 48 hours, it's been. Trump, Tucker, George Santos news this morning, plus the yeah. mass shooting in Allen, Texas, the oh disaster God. in Brownsville, all of these things. It's like as soon as you start absorbing one thing that's going on that's dominating the news, suddenly there are all these other things that drop at the same time. Exactly. Do you, do you happen to know if the driver in Brownsville, if that was intentional or not? I mean, first it seemed like, it was, then it seemed like it wasn't. It's a good question. The last I heard was they were checking the driver for some form of intoxication to see if you know, the driver had been drunk or something like that, and, and that's yeah. why that happened. But it seems like something that may have been intentional, given who the victims were. And yeah. what a nightmare that was. Uh, what a horror show. I, I accidentally saw the video of the whole thing on Twitter by accident. And I I wish I hadn't. I wish I could uh, use that device they have in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and have that deleted from my memory. Oh, I loved that movie. That was a great movie. It really, really was. So, you know, as we discussed uh, the last time you were on, Jen, your documentary was revelatory. I think everyone who's seen it has been like, oh my God, I know this story. I'm familiar with this story. It was a groundbreaking analysis of the psychological impact of the conservative entertainment complex, as David Frum calls it. And your dad was a 
Kennedy Democrat, right, until Rush Limbaugh came along, indoctrinating him into this Republican cult, as you call it. Right. For people who didn't hear the first time you were on the show, recap what happened to your dad and how you managed to deprogram him. Sure. Okay, so my dad was a uh, non-political Kennedy Democrat. Yeah. Um, he was so open-minded. He might have been like a hippie prototype, even. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was really totally goofy. Um, and then he retired. Um, he got a part-time job and had a long commute to work. So he wasn't into music. So he wanted to find something to educate himself. And he got um, found Bob Grant. So that was his gateway uh. drug. Yeah. Then, you know, a couple of years later, he um, fully retired and then he uh, fell in man love with um, Rush Limbaugh. Wow. Have, um, three hour Limbaugh lunches and my mom would be in the living room, you know, with cotton in her ears eating lunch. <laughs> they used to always eat lunch together. They stopped yeah, with Rush Limbaugh. And then. You know, then he found like a Rush Limbaugh buddy and he turned him on to Fox and then. Uh, and then it was the emails and the emails were just, I began seeing a pattern. Yeah. Uh, but before I get to the pattern, yes, his, his, not only his politics changed drastically, his personality changed. Hmm. Uh, he became combative, argumentative, evangelical about trying to, not in the Christian sense, but in trying to convert us all to, um, his brand of republicanism Mm -hmm. um but um you know with the emails like we were exposed to all of this he would send out sometimes as many as like 10 a day and i I just saw a pattern yeah yeah the bottom line no matter which approach was uh demonizing democrats yeah so uh, that's when I grew with alarm. I, I mean, my alarm grew. I mm-hmm. thought, holy shit, there is... So- Sorry, I said shit. That's okay. Um, okay, good. So <laughs> there's something going on here. There's something afoot. Mm-hmm. This is not good news. Those emails, <laughs> the emails that get circulated, they tend to be far worse than some of the things that we see on cable news and now in the modern context, podcasts and so on, aren't they? I mean, they're really, I'll never forget the one that was going around about Barack Obama in 2008, just a litany of lies and disinformation about his background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, you know, a a lot of these were thought up um, in, in right wing think tanks a bunch of guys sitting around in a room coming up with these emails to send out to people. Some of them sounded as if they were homespun, like, oh, I was in a, a college classroom the other day, and the professor, you know, slamming professors in education, said that there was no God. Well, at that point, a Marine stood up and punched him in the in the face. And you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was glorifying the military. It was doing a bunch of things and essentially, um, you know, building up that victim mentality that of oh, Christians and Christianity is under attack. So those emails, they came in all shapes and sizes and forms, but, and, and I would see them being passed around in um, my liberal office that wow. I was working in. Hmm. You know, and people are absorbing this. They're absorbing this information. And people don't realize how powerful, how powerful media is. I mean, how do we learn what we know? How, how do we do it? We don't invent stuff in our heads, mm-hmm. right? We, we get it from what's around us. So if the media, which we're supposed to trust, is telling us something, I mean, this more, this is more for, for radio and television, but yes, the emails too. Um, this is what's feeding, you know, they say you are what you eat. Well, it's the same thing with media. Yeah, yeah. What's the path into the heads of, 
I don't know, for lack of a better term, the victims of the cult Republicans, this uh, conservative entertainment complex, as I called it. Uh, what's the way in? What's the foot in the door, so to speak? How do they get into the heads of these these people, people like your dad and so many people who have relatives who are exactly like your dad's story? What's that pathway into their heads? Yeah, um, there's a couple different uh, pathways, but so like with radio, right? You're, you're in the car, or maybe you're mm-hmm. in the car alone with them. There's an intimacy, you develop a trust, and then they're feeding you. Um, and so that, that's with radio. And with television, they develop that intimacy too. But the, the big thing is to um, play on their emotions. Emotions play a huge part of it. So they get the emotions involved. And emotionally, you can feel like you're right, but rationally, you may know you're not right. But emotionally, um, you know, your emotions are telling you, yes, I'm right. Yeah. Anyway, it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense, right? The emotions are so tied into the propaganda. It's playing yeah. on certain things like uh, bigotry in many cases where that may be the thing or fear plays quite well. We saw that, especially after 9-11, where people's fear of a terrorist attack was exploited in order to support uh, right-wing ideology. It's an incredible effort that's been made here. And how were you able to then deprogram your dad? It's kind of an ingenious story. Um you know, the, the older white male was mm-hmm. especially vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so that that's like kind of like an easy, an easy get um, because there were so, so many changes going on. You know, there women's uh, rights, you know, um, civil rights, everything. So they're losing their kind of like place in society and, and their sense of self is almost challenged. So they're vulnerable. So um, they were they were a good um, a good victim. Plus, there's just all this inequality um, that's going on that started with Reagan, really, and nobody knows like w- w- how it happened. Or even sometimes it's like the frog in the boiling water. Even that it's happened yeah. or is happening, mm-hmm. right? They just know that they're somehow they're disenfranchised. So so everybody makes everybody wants an explanation. So here you have these people getting all angry, saying this is what it is. It's the liberals, it's the Democrats. That that like creates all this fodder and anger and fear. And then, so anyway, um, what happened is, and this and this this is very important because it 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 shows you the power of media. Yeah. My parents um, were just in a regular neighborhood before, and they moved to a senior community. And in the move, my father's radio broke. Um, it went Aww. in the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, too bad. I always suspected my mom had something to do with it. I don't, I don't know. But, <laughs> I'd love it if that were the case. Yeah. Well, I, I have my suspicions. <laughs> and it, it sat in the garage. And so he didn't have Rush Limbaugh. And they started eating lunch together again. And when they did meet lunch together, he just watched what she watched mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. Okay. And listen to the radio. Um, immediately, he sort of like, you know, that, that like he softened a little bit. So then, um, I don't know, sometime later, maybe several months, maybe longer, um, my mom got a new TV and she programmed the remotes. And he couldn't get Fox on the television. Okay. So, um, you know, meanwhile, he's mellowing out a little more. And then one day, maybe it was a year later, he um, and he's arguing a little bit less. And a year later, he had to go into the hospital for a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. And the computers were these dinosaurs back then. And she said, Jennifer, can you? Get some of the emails off of daddy's computer. It's it's gonna take up too much space. So <laughs> I said, Well, I just keep coming. So she got this idea 
of unsubscribing him from a lot of these poisonous far-right lying emails. And then she started subscribing him to some of her emails, like (laughs) Truth Out, Alternate, Reader-Supported News, uh, The Nation, um, you know, more liberal stuff. Yeah, she didn't kill all the stuff. And then um, one day she called me very excited and said, uh, Jennifer, guess what? And I said, what? She said, Daddy said he liked Obama. Wow, that's huge. And you know what? Hearing about her plan to unsubscribe to those emails, now I'm convinced that she busted the radio. <laughs> and and then, um, and yeah, when he got, we, yeah, this after, I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned it's after he got home from the hospital, you mm-hmm. know, and you started reading all of these different emails. So we weren't getting bombarded. I actually got an email from him once about, um, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the politician's name. He was very, very liberal and he got voted out. Anyway. Yeah, like Al Franken or something like that, maybe. Even pre him, pre him. Oh, okay. But, wow. Yeah, like we have. And then um, on on his birthday, Halloween, we were having cake and I happened to have my camera. Um, he said he was going to vote for Obama and he ended up voting for Obama. It's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And just as a corollary to that, I've been hearing more and more people pulling off the stunt where, you know, they go over to their parents' house for Thanksgiving and when, yeah. no, when no one's looking, they turn on the parental controls for Fox News. So yeah. Fox News becomes blocked. And, uh, you yeah. know, a lot of parents of an older age don't quite know how to manage that. So that seems to work sometimes. But I, I just yeah. I love that story about your dad. And it's yeah. all so well documented in both the documentary and the book. So <laughs> once again, yeah. another gigantic plug to check out both of those pieces of work, just landmark examinations of this dynamic. So in the speaking of the book, Jen, how did all of this get started? You trace it back in the book all the way back to the Great Depression, right? It's kind of, yep. that's the starting point, generally speaking? Yes, yes. I mean, really... Um, the the libertarian billionaires never got over the fact that FDR uh, instituted these social programs and, um, you know, things started leveling out a little bit more. There was a little more equality. Um, there was no really big hierarchy um, anymore. You know, it was less and less. And then in the 50s, uh, Nancy McLean talks about this in her brilliant book, Democracy in Chains. Um, it, it really kind of got kicked off then. What kick, kicked off? Is that the right kicked up? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, when um, this, this uh, economist and libertarian, James McGill Buchanan, after Brown versus Board of Education, that he got, he flipped out. Um, and he's like, I don't want to pay ta- taxes for kids to go to school, uh, especially little black kids, you know. And so he got together with, um, oh, it was Charles Koch at the time. Yeah. And they started creating like a vast apparatus to change the rules to yeah. serve themselves, you know. And then out of that, the Birch Society was born. Um, so it, actually that's when it started and there, you know, it's really important. I think that people understand that this is something that happened on purpose. Uh, it was a plan. It was an actual conspiracy. Um, uh, but that fear of saying it's a conspiracy prevented me from <laughs> saying it uh, back then. I mean, I, I would, and people, people just, you know, didn't take take it seriously. It, wh- whether you like Hillary Clinton or not, she was right. There was a vast right wing conspiracy. Yeah, it wasn't just to take down her husband. I mean. 
you know, you had um, after uh, Goldwater uh, lost to Johnson, like in a landslide, the right was like, oh, no, we're losing traction. And, you know, the pundits declared the right dead. So this guy, uh, Reed Irvine, he was um, a uh, right wing activist. He started um, AIM, uh, Accuracy in Media. Accuracy oh, yes. should be in quotes. Mm -hmm. And its whole purpose, its whole goal was to paint the media as liberal in order to discredit it, in order to, you know, like prepare for, you know, a vast, uh, 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 an alternative uh, yeah. media, you know, or, or a conservative, quote unquote, conservative, really right wing uh, media, mm -hmm. now fascist. So, um, you know, and then you had Roger Ailes. Um, you know, oh, yeah. Let's let's talk about Roger Ailes. I, you know, one of the things that I um, often think about is we uh, tend to lay the blame for the modern conservative media at the feet of Rupert Murdoch, but it's actually Roger Ailes, who's the architect of the yeah. modern Republican cult, at least in terms of its media presence, its propaganda presence, its disinformation presence, right? It's it's about right. Roger Ailes, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was a genius. Uh, Gabriel Sherman's book, um, The Loudest Voice in the Room, yeah. was wonderful and mm -hmm. so eye-opening. But I, I only read his book because when I was doing my research, I found that he had created, it was a secret memo, and it was found in the Nixon Library called, uh, well, this may not be exactly right, but how to create TV for the GOP. In other words, you know, he saw Nixon like slipping in the polls, and he's like, well, we got to change the media. And this was a guy, Roger Ailes, who... Um, had hemophilia, and he spent his life, young life, watching television. He understood television. Yeah. He understood, he also understood Goebbels and, and great propagandists like that. He understood that it was about emotion. Mm -hmm. And so in, in this memo, he said, keep it simple. People are stupid. You have to just keep it simple. And he, you know, created, um, so he had this, this, you know, this like uh, blueprint for Fox, you know, it's, basically sitting there. Yeah, it's really fascinating. In fact, there's one line yeah. in the Ailes memo, and this is in the book. It yeah. says, people are lazy. With television, you just sit, watch, listen. The thinking is done for you. That jumped off the screen for me when I was reading your book, Jen. It's an incredible yeah. revelation that emerged out yeah. of that. You can see the entire future of Fox News Channel built upon the idea of the thinking is done for you, right? Yep, absolutely, bingo. And But then, before, before he met um, uh, Murdoch, right, before yeah. he met Murdoch, he met um, Rush Limbaugh, and those two were like soulmates. Wow. Same with Hitler and Goebbels, by the way. Yeah. When they met, there was like kismet. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like love bros. Well, same thing <laughs> with Roger Ailes and, and Rush Limbaugh. Two peas in a pod. They adored each other. But, you know, Limbaugh didn't do too well on television. Ailes gave him a television show. Uh, he didn't do too well that way. Yeah, he he's got a got a face for radio, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's actually one of the things that Roger Ailes kind yeah. of revolutionized is he found a lot of, shall we say, pretty people who he tended to yeah. take advantage of and yeah. and sexually assault in many cases. But that's the one thing. The One of the psychological angles of Fox News Channel was to put like this kind of cookie-cutter blonde on the network throughout the broadcast day to yeah. kind of give some of these guys someone pretty to look at. And that was yeah. that was another gateway through some form yeah. of kind of weird prudish sexuality. Yeah, it, it went along with it was just another visual. Yeah. The blondes, I mean, there also Fox was, um, you know, lots of bells and whistles and colors and yeah. 
um, uh, headlines. Uh, yeah, it, it was revolutionary in a lot of ways. But also the reason why I brought up um, the, 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 the friendship between um, Ale, uh, Ailes and Limbaugh is yeah. because Limbaugh inspired Ailes. He gave him even more. You know, Ailes saw like what Limbaugh was doing, um, and he was able to incorporate some of that, um, that you know, that anger-producing, fear-producing. Even though he knew about it, he watched it happen, and he saw. And so he had some of his anchors, like, model, you know, that behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, Fox was a really toxic, toxic mix that happened in 1996. And it wouldn't have happened if Bill Clinton and uh, Newt Gingrich hadn't signed the Telecommunications Act. That See, this, this, all of this, the right planned this for a long time. Yeah. But one thing they understood that that is not understood that which i said in the beginning is that media is powerful they understood that they understood i mean they had this whole plan you know if you go back to the lewis powell memo they had this whole plan but media was their most effective tool that was that was the way to convince people to vote against their own interest and uh, vote Republican. And it worked. Yeah, yeah. It was a combination, I think, of the idea and the fact that there was this untapped demographic in the United States of people who were susceptible to that kind of media. And Roger Ailes identified that demographic. You know, his buddy Rush Limbaugh did as well on the radio side and just exploited the hell out of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was really revealing, Jen, and I thought of you immediately and your work when I read this, where Rupert Murdoch said in his Dominion lawsuit deposition, he said, it's not about red or blue, it's about green. It's all about the profits, right? They identified, as I said, this demographic and said, oh my God, so much money waiting there for it. All we have to do is yoink get the right message, get the right packaging, and we can uh, we can start raking in the cash, right? Right. I mean, I think in the beginning when uh, Rupert Murdoch, you know, approached Roger Ailes, he knew he was the right one because he also um, wanted to create um, Republican or right-wing um, voters, you know, so... Yeah, it was ultimately that is still about the green because they're going to vote in the billionaires' interests, you know, against <clears throat> deregulation, against taxes, and all that. They're going to the, the regular people, regular folks are going to vote in the interests of billionaires because they're they're motivated by their fear and their hatred and their anger. Okay, here's the best way to listen to The Bob Seska Show without all these commercial interruptions. Just go right now to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com, scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of the podcast, and sign up for just $15 per month. In exchange for your super generous support, we're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday Show, the Wednesday Show, the Thursday Show, And you're going to get the Shadow Docket Show every Tuesday and Thursday. But wait, there's more. You're also going to get the Friday After Party Podcast with me and Kimberly included in that level of support. All for just $15 per month. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. And, you know, everything that we're talking about here has led us to uh, tragedies like Allen, Texas. And, you know, it's still kind of a question mark a little bit, but also possibly Brownsville. is this deadly cocktail of easily buyable, easily accessible assault weapons and the media radicalization that motivates a lot of these people who are susceptible to that message to use those weapons, uh, to go out and to act upon the extremism they're hearing in right-wing media. How do these podcasters and screamers on cable sleep at night knowing the nightmares they're encouraging? I mean, on some level, they have to recognize the relationship between what they're saying and some of these people acting on what they're saying. I'm really convinced now that there are people who are evil but rather than giving it a spiritual name like evil um you might say psychopathic yeah i believe that they have psychopathic personalities they are um they don't have any um uh any moral uh, ground they don't have any feeling of guilt um they're able to to lie to themselves um but it's really frightening to realize that because when you're growing up, you think, well, everybody's got a good spot in them somewhere, right? Yeah. But these people don't seem to. I mean, they're ruining the country. They're destroying the country. They are. And they don't care. They, maybe they think that they're going to they're gonna be in some good graces, graces <laughs> when fascists take over. There's this really dangerous attitude out there where it seems like what's driving a lot of these personalities, and I'm starting to loop in uh, many of these podcasters. We'll talk about the Daily Wire podcasters here in just a second. But uh, there seems to be this attitude that the consequences don't matter. It's all about downloads. It's about shares. It's about likes. It's about retweets. That's what's driving all of this and, and leading the way where the idea is, we're in this to make a bunch of money. It's not about spreading any form of ideology. That's second, or that's that's way down the list. I mean, obviously, that's what they talk about. But that's the motive started out with. Yeah, I think yeah. It started out with, but it's metastasized. Mm-hmm. You know, and just branched out and flowered, and yeah, yeah, that's what it's become. Well, and. Um, I think that, uh, honestly, I think the Republicans of today really don't mind the violence because it serves a couple different purposes. One, it drives uh, gun sales. um, And number two, it it appeals to their hardcore base. um, And... um, and then uh, what was the third one that I was thinking that, oh, they don't care because it creates chaos. Yeah. And, um, you know, what did Bannon, Steve Bannon say? You know, flood the zone. Mm-hmm. And then um, on top of that, like if it's schools in particular that are being hit, that's good because they they don't want public schools. They don't want to pay taxes for public schools. They want to privatize or corporatize um, education. So, you know, I don't know that I know how that might sound, but I, I, it's, I think it is apparent though, by now that they, that the Republicans don't, don't really mind that it goes on. Otherwise they wouldn't be saying thoughts and prayers. I don't think they believe in the thoughts and prayers themselves. Yeah, yeah. What's the best way to tamp down or start to peel away this uh, media movement that's happening on the right? I don't imagine there's much by way of the law that can be done that doesn't necessarily run afoul of the First Amendment. So it seems to me as if, and this can also apply to the gun debate as well, 
it seems mm-hmm. to me there's kind of an untapped method to shame these people out of existence, and that's to use the culture against them. Um, and I always go back to this example of the cultural pushback against big tobacco and cigarette smoking. That seems yeah. to have been quite effective. I mean, it hasn't obviously eliminated the existence of cigarettes and tobacco and lung cancer, but yeah. it's greatly reduced the number of people who are smokers and the ones who still are smokers feel a little bit ostracized from decent society. You know what I mean? So yeah. what's the best way to tackle this? I mean, obviously with you and your dad, you took a very, very personal approach, something that happened within your family at that small micro level. Um, Is it that, is it more of that where we're all engaged in that way? Or is it something bigger that will help to push back against us? Because this conservative entertainment complex can't continue to coexist with democracy. It's just impossible. No, it can't. So we need all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. We need everybody to do everything. I think pushing back culturally, um, I think that's a a good idea. So more and more people have to speak out. I think people showing up at these state houses is a good idea. People demonstrating is a good idea, although I worry about the danger to that. Um, But we also have to do long-term things like support... um, Local journalism, uh, it's uh, journalism is practically dead. You know, uh, yeah. I think we lost 80% of our newspapers in, you know, the past few decades, um, or they're taken over by like Sinclair. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. You know, um, but um, there's, there's a couple different ideas. Last night I was on a great, um, I, I was uh, media, the Media and Democracy Project has this, these meetings every other Monday, and they had last night they had on um, uh, Bob Mc, McChesney. Um, um, his credentials are just too numerous to mention, hmm. but he has this <clears throat> idea about um, um, it kind of like a a voucher, a voucher system, hmm. um, where you, each person can take $250 uh, off of their taxes and name a, um, an independent nonprofit uh, media group. Um, and wow. I think it's called LJ, oh yeah, let's see. Okay, it's an idea proposed I have it written down by Bob McChesney and John Nichols to mm-hmm. support independent non-profit public subsidized media where you have tax deduction or tax credit or news voucher system. And this would make media more democratic because it would allow almost all Americans to <clears throat> contribute to nonprofit media, not just those with significant supposable disposable in- incomes. Um, and this would also apply to um broadcasting, independent broadcasting. Um, But I I think that one thing we um, all have to do is um, make media an issue, like make our legislators make media one of their top priorities. So often, like I remember looking at, you know, when somebody is running, you go to their website and you see what's one of their issues. Well, media is almost never on there. We have to make them aware that you know, the FCC is important, getting somebody on the FCC, um, enforcing antitrust laws, um, maybe eventually bringing something, bringing back something like uh, um, the Telecommunications Act. Um, you know, we need regulation, and then we'll never be able to bring back the Fairness Doctrine because you might as well have just called it the plague. But <laughs> there's something called the the you know, as far as Republicans are concerned, but there's something called the right to respond. So let's say somebody is being smeared on a, a, uh, you know, public airwaves, um, then then that person who's being smeared should be able to have the right to to respond, right? So um, like radio is just, it's so undemocratic. There's only, you know, pretty much the talk radio is mostly right wing. Mm-hmm. mostly right-wing or Christian. 
So, um, you know, I, I would say there's one thing I'm hopeful about. I don't know if it's too little, too late or not, but mm -hmm. there are a bunch of um, grassroots outlets now that have been popping up. And I'm just so grateful. I felt like for a long time, there was very few of us just realizing the importance of media and 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 bringing people's attention to media issues but you know there's um fair which yeah. is a media watchdog group you can sign up for their newsletter they have an action section it's very simple the media and democracy project you can follow them on twitter they're at mad underscore democracy and fix media now um you know sue wilson uh, she she uh, is uh hawking the right to respond and then there's this really cool group called truth tuesdays they're a direct action group they um go to fox headquarters uh every tuesday and demonstrate in front of fox of course that's just fox focus <laughs> but they're getting sister groups around the country to also do it so all these little things help um, because they bring attention to the media, that media media is the biggest problem. This is how we're radical. Oh, we also have to get Fox out of the military. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so important. Yeah, and I was glad to hear you mention the FCC because while the FCC really doesn't have any jurisdiction over uh, cable broadcast or cable casting, right. so to speak, which is now right. basically the Internet. I mean, there is no separate cable necessarily, but regardless, uh, yeah. the FCC can definitely still apply to broadcast radio. And yes. we tend to overlook <laughs> uh, the influence of broadcast radio, where the entire AM radio dial from wall to wall is entirely right-wing programming. I mean, there's very little alternative programming in there. It's it's syndicated right-wing programming. And the, the sort of thing that Rush Limbaugh and Roger Ailes got started. So right. that seems to be a route that hasn't necessarily been exploited either. And a lot right. of these guys who have podcast presences, like... I want to talk about the Daily Wire podcasters, uh, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, Michael Knowles. They all have a radio presence as well, in addition yeah. to being podcasters. So yeah. they're, they're at least partly responsible for this anti-trans holy war that's going on yeah. right now. And it's yeah. been immensely effective in the worst ways possible. Um, yeah. So what's your take on that level of influence, the podcaster community and the ability of these podcasters to be able to essentially create new policy that's uh, really clamping down and, and ostracizing trans people? Yeah. To be honest with you, uh, I haven't even gotten there in my head yet. When, <laughs> what, podcasters. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, you know, if we could go back to radio for a second, like mm -hmm. let's say um, Hannity has uh, 3 million people um, watching his Fox show. He has 20 million people listening to him on radio. Yeah. Um, yeah, about the podcasters, I'm just glad that there's so many liberal podcasters too. Mm -hmm. But I guess the answer to them would be, that the, the the cultural response yeah you know, but part of the cultural response is is media too is convincing like like regular news outlets uh like uh cnn good luck with that uh cbs abc that they have to um call out you know fascist media because it's by now it's it is it is fascist yeah yeah scary. yeah so that's something to think about i'll have to get back to the books on that bob <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah it's this whole other universe <laughs> that i've been looking at quite closely matt walsh and, and michael knowles especially have had this terrible terrible influence on state legislature republicans in state legislatures and this yeah. hysteria that's circulating around the idea of gender affirming care and uh trans children playing uh school sports and things like that it's yeah. uh, horrendous and it's actually leading
leading to uh, more suicides among uh, trans people in the LGBTQ community. Uh, yeah. Just so sad. But you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Jen, before I let you go, is Tucker Carlson. Uh, when I heard he had been fired from Fox News, I immediately thought of your documentary and book once again. Because t- <laughs> Tucker was one of the most effective brainwashers on that yeah. network, wasn't he? I mean, his monologues yeah. were really nefarious in terms of the language he was using. It was very personal. Like, they're doing yeah. this to you personally, and you are correct in the crazy things you're thinking. So he's both turning people, radicalizing people, and giving them sort of internal justifications for that through some sort of weird psychological warfare. That's how I yeah. see it, yeah. Yeah, and he did it in this um, sort of eerily benign way. Yeah. Like, he was just asking questions. Like, he took a totally different tact than somebody like Bill O'Reilly or, right. uh, you know, Glenn Beck or, but, oh, my God. he And he just, he just, he looks like he's normal and harmless. And, oh, he's just, he's. He's the worst. He yeah. created a lot of stochastic terrorism. And the thing with Tucker Carlson, Jen, that I noticed is he at least doesn't appear to have any core values, making him able to say the things his writer's room gives him to say. Uh, right. He's able to repeat these things in this weirdly soulless fashion. It doesn't matter what he's saying. He just yeah. knows that, oh, well, this is going to have an impact. This will be my viewers will love this and this will be good for ratings. doesn't matter whether it's accurate or whether it's safe. It's just uh, propaganda for propaganda's sake. I think that I think that's well said and, and accurate. And, you know, it's like he has no core, no bottom moral core like anything goes yeah yeah and uh well it's it's psychopathic oh it is it very much is there's that sociopathic tone that is just maddening to to look at and now he started on twitter he's going to start presenting his show on twitter and now i'm wondering like how soon until he gets fired from twitter well, I don't think he'd get fired with Elon Musk at the helm, but um, uh, no, no. But I mean, it just you know, facetiously, he's been fired everywhere else, so why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but Fox, I thought that they they're giving him forty million to just not create his show again. How could how could that be legal if he goes on? Twitter? Well, they're actually Fox. I think is I think Tucker is waiving that aspect of his contract he's because he's got the what is it the swanson's hungry man frozen dinner fortune or what i forget exactly what the tv dinner fortune he doesn't really need fox news's money so he's he's going forward without uh without pushing that aspect of his contract so he's just foregoing millions and millions of dollars yeah I guess his ego is bigger than the 40 million. Yeah, I guess you get to a certain amount of money and it's all about ego, right? It's all about yeah. status. And that's what he yeah. cares about most because he's failed, as I said, he's failed on these other networks and now he's failed on Fox News Channel. So it's right. he's a guy chasing status, it seems to me. Yeah. Right, right. His self-image. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, we're going to keep a close eye on Tucker. I, I hope he doesn't go on Twitter. I mean, I didn't know you could... Um, yeah, I didn't know you. it could be that long, like a show could be that long on Twitter. Well, now with Twitter Blue, if you're subscribed, if you pay Elon uh, Musk, whatever it is, $11 a month, or in some cases, $1,000 a month, you can make videos that are of unlimited length. Uh, it's one of the uh, one of the aspects of Elon's scam uh, with yeah. the new blue check thing um yeah. but yeah that's i think that's how he's getting around that i mean i don't know how anyone watches anything more than you know two minutes on twitter anyway it just seems like yeah. it's a transient activity where you're just scrolling and if you're yeah. <laughs> this guy presents a video that's 20 minutes long well who's gonna watch that yeah oh boy i hope you're right nobody nobody watches that <laughs> So the new book is The Brainwashing of My Dad, based on the documentary. I got a link in the description, of course. You can find it everywhere you get your digital books. Plus, you can follow Jen at Brainwashing Dad on Twitter. 
thank you so much, Jen. I know it's been a, a harrowing couple of days for you, so I appreciate you making the time to uh, come on and talk with me. Thank you, Bob. You know, it's just been a pleasure to be here. Your work, <laughs> your work is so important and utterly relatable to so many of us. So thank you to, uh, thank for you. setting thank that you example. For what you do. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so for much. Yeah. Great talking to you, Jen. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.